Kind World is sponsored by American Public Media, presenting the podcast, The Slowdown. The Slowdown offers five minutes of calm every weekday. One of the most celebrated poets of our time, host Tracy K. Smith, provides insight and poetry that offers a few moments of reflection. Listen to The Slowdown wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Business Casual, a new podcast by Morning Brew. Every week, host Kinsey Grant breaks down the biggest stories in business with the biggest names in business. They're diving into everything, from the economics of influencer marketing and the booming fitness industry, to the myth that is work-life balance and the ins and outs of M&A. Listen to Business Casual wherever you get your podcasts. Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. You go down, and it's cold, and it's dark, and I wouldn't say it's silent. Underwater, Shannon Leone Fowler always found peace. There's popping and snapping, the sand tinkling against the glass of your mask. You might hear snapping shrimp. I've heard whales sing. Shannon fell in love with the water when she was eight years old. She spent summers with her grandparents on the beach in San Diego, and her grandfather was an oceanographer. He taught her about currents and tide pools, showed her sea anemones and crabs. From then on, growing up in California, Shannon was never far from the water. She learned to dive, became a marine biologist, and started her Ph.D. studying sea lions in Australia. The ocean was one of the most important relationships in my life, um, sometimes the most important. It was my identity. It was where I felt most myself. That didn't change when Shannon got engaged to a man named Sean, an Australian working in marketing, when she was 28. I remember telling Sean at one point that there were only two things that filled me up in life, and it was him and the ocean. They celebrated their engagement with a trip to Thailand and the island of Copenhagen. White sand, blue water, paradise. One evening, as the sun set, Sean was holding Shannon in the water right outside their cabana. All of a sudden, Shannon felt something large bump her thigh. And I jumped. He said, what was that? What just happened? And I was about to say, I just felt something. But before she could say anything, Sean dropped her and rushed to shore. And he said, I'm having trouble breathing. My head feels heavy. Go get help. Shannon got the attention of some tourists at a nearby bar, including an Israeli woman named Shani Goren. We ran there and we saw him lying on the beach. I was screaming for an ambulance. I remember I tried to open his mouth. I had no idea that Copanian didn't have an ambulance. Without pulse, not breathing. Tried to do CPR. But nothing happened. I was screaming and I was crying. Something shifted from it being Sean and I on the beach getting help to me being alone. Sean was gone. Later, Shannon would see the purple and black welts that wrapped around Sean's legs from his ankles to his knees. Later, she'd learn he'd likely been stung by a box jellyfish, one of the most poisonous creatures on Earth, with tentacles up to 10 feet long. But at that moment, she got into the back of a pickup truck with Sean, and she tried to breathe for him on the bumpy ride to a clinic. 
Shani Goren and her friend were still on the beach, and they decided to follow the truck on foot. They were 21 years old and on vacation from Tel Aviv, but they couldn't leave what had happened behind. When they got to the clinic, they found Shannon pacing. Right when they walked in, the doctor came over to me and he said, I'm sorry. There was nothing we could do. And I collapsed onto the ground. Then she looked up at these two 21-year-olds. And they looked back at me. And something happened. We understood that we're not leaving her. We have to, to be there for her, that she won't be alone. Just then, the receptionist chimed in. How are you going to pay? Cash? And the girls turned to her and said she needs to be allowed some time alone with him. So while Shannon sat with Sean's body and kissed him goodbye, Shawnee and her friend argued with the doctor. He wanted to chalk up Sean's death to drunk drowning, possibly to keep from deterring tourists. Eventually, the clinic staff told them a local temple was the only place on the island to keep his body cold. So Shannon and the two Israeli women drove with Sean's body to the temple. We felt that we can be her shoulder, bring her water, bring her food, because she forgot to eat and drink. While locals looked for the key to a refrigerated casket, they waited for hours. Next to them, Sean's body lay under a sheet in the back of the truck. It was very intense. It's between life and death. You are sitting next to Sean, who's not with us anymore. But in the second way, he's there. You can feel him, you can touch him, you can talk to him. It's like meeting with death. Shani already knew death. She and her friend had just finished serving in the Israeli army, and she'd been to 11 funerals in the previous three months. So Shani knew to let Shannon lead. When Shannon wanted to cry, she cried. When she wanted to talk, she talked. When she wanted silence, they sat quietly together. Shani didn't offer platitudes. I didn't feel the need to speak with her. I felt the need to be for her there. It was early hours of the morning when Shannon got back to her cabana. I didn't want to touch the water. Again, I just couldn't. It felt like a betrayal. Inside the cabana, Sean's things were still strewn about. I could just hear the waves. It felt like the salt was seeping in through the cracks in the walls. The ocean was pressing in. I wanted to block it out. But Shannon couldn't block it out. So she walked outside. And I went out to the spot that he died. And I wrote in the wet sand that I loved him and I was sorry. And I remember immediately after I wrote it, the waves started pulling the words away back into the sea. The next morning, Shannon had to go to the police station, and she was surprised to see her Israeli friends waiting for her. They not only offered help, they insisted on it. They didn't give me a choice. In fact, they didn't leave her side for three days. They argued with police to make sure the cause of death was right. They made arrangements for Sean's body. While a tidal wave crashed inside Shannon, 
these strangers held on for her. It gave me beauty when everything else was dark. If I had had to go through all of those days after his death completely alone, I just, I don't even know how I would have survived. I feel like I would be a different person if they hadn't been there. At the end of their second day together, Shannon realized she didn't know their names. Somehow it hadn't mattered. To meet Shannon in her low point in her life was very powerful. We, we didn't need names. The three of them shared something no one else could understand. Three months after Sean died, Shannon visited the women in Israel. They talked for hours, and then Shani suggested something else. It was hard for her to see the ocean, to get close to the ocean. So the three of them went to the Tel Aviv coast, the first time Shannon had been near water since Sean died. They walked on the shore and looked out over the sea, tasting the salt in the air. The ocean has a lot of darkness, but it's got a lot of beauty and light, too. And I remember thinking, I can do this, and I will return to the sea. Maybe not right now, maybe not today, but that I'll get there. With the two of them at her side, Shannon knew that eventually she'd get back to the water and to life. You're listening to Kind World from WBUR. I'm Erica Lance. Shannon wrote about her experience in a memoir called Traveling with Ghosts. You can learn more about it at wbur.org slash kindworld. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And if you're feeling kind, leave us a review. Thanks for listening. Thank you.